Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Thursday, July the 13th, 2023. It is currently 4.26 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. And about 30 minutes ago, maybe 40 minutes ago, I pulled back up in my driveway, got out of my car, walked into my home before, and and, and I took about 40 minutes before I came up here to the studio, but you know where I had been prior to pulling back up in my driveway? Where did I go? What did I leave my studio and my home for? I went to see the new Mission Impossible movie. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Oh, it was great. It was wonderful. But when I left the theater, one question, or maybe two questions, were bouncing around my brain. And that question is, is there ever an inappropriate place to share the gospel? Is there ever an inappropriate place to share the gospel? How about this? Is there ever an inappropriate way to share the gospel? When it comes to sharing the gospel, is there an inappropriate place, an inappropriate time, an inappropriate way? Is there some etiquette that is required for sharing the gospel. Now, on one hand, anyone who wants to share the gospel, they want to tell people that there is a God, that they, that, that we are sinners and that Christ died for us and putting our faith in Him is how we, is, is our only hope and we can have eternal life and we can have salvation in the finished work of Jesus Christ. That, that is obviously a wonderful thing. It's a great thing. And you don't ever want to diminish anyone's Fire. You don't ever want to d- diminish anyone's zeal or passion. But is there ever a time where you're like, hey, that's just the inappropriate time. That's the, in- that's an inappropriate place. That's an inappropriate way. Now you get 10 Christians together. I don't think you're ever going to find agreement on this because some people are like, it doesn't matter the time. It doesn't matter the place. It doesn't matter where, how, as long as you're presenting the gospel. And others may go, I think that's a little classless. I think it's, 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 it's just, it seems wrong. That's the wrong place. That's the wrong time. Where do you, if you were to make a spectrum, like, you know, let's say one is anywhere, any place, anyhow, any, any way, shape, form, time, it doesn't matter. Number, like, like if you're on this kind of spectrum, would you be like at number one, share the gospel anywhere, any place, anytime, anyway? Or would you be more like, well, would you be like a five or a six going, well, sometimes maybe not. Or would you be like a strong 10 going, no, there is clearly clearly defined places and times and ways in which it is inappropriate to share the gospel. Where would you find yourself on that spectrum? Now, you may be asking, why did you leave the movie theater after seeing Mission Impossible? What, uh, dead, is it dead reckoning? I, I don't want to give you the, I don't want to give the wrong name of the, of the movie. Let me, let me make sure I, I, I get it correctly. All right. I want, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, mess this up. Yeah. Dead reckoning part one. Mission impossible. Dead reckoning part one. How did, how could I leave 
Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, thinking about when or when is it not appropriate to share the gospel. You may be saying, well, something had to happen in the theater. And well, something did. Let me tell you how this all went down. Arrived at the theater. My usual arriving early, because I always do so, arrived early. Got me a large popcorn. No butter, because I can't stand butter on my popcorn. A large bottle of ice-cold Dasani, a bottle of ice-cold water, all right? So I got my water, I got a large popcorn, 562 napkins, because you always run out of napkins, all right? I make my way into the theater, all right? I find my seat. Oh, there's not very many people there. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. Set everything down, and I'm like, you know... Right before this movie starts, that's a large bottle of water. I better go to the restroom. Let me go to the bathroom. So I walk into the men's bathroom. As soon as you walk in, there's kind of like a wall there. You kind of go around the wall. There's the sinks, right? There's the sinks. I think right behind you on that wall that when you when you kind of walk in, the first thing you see is this wall. On the back side of that wall, paper towels. I think they got some of the, you know, air blowers that uh, to, to dry your hands kind of right there. And then you kind of go around the corner and there is the urinals, right? It's a men's restroom. There's all of these urinals. So I choose a urinal to walk up to, right? I don't even think there's anyone else in the in the bathroom at this time. So I walk up to the urinal and I get ready to use the restroom. And I look and at the top of the urinal, on the top of the urinal, I see it. And as soon as I see it laying there, I'm like, I know what that is. I have it right here. I have it right here. Does anybody know what it is? It's a Jack Chick track. Now, if you, for some reason, don't know what a Jack Chick track is, you probably should look one up because they're very famous, especially typically maybe in the independent fundamental Baptist world, maybe some Pentecostal possibly circles, maybe. But the Jack Chick world, I, I was exposed to the Jack Chick world um, way back, way back in the 1990s. There was a bookstore called, uh, was it, I think it was called Divine Truth Bookstore in Papillion, Nebraska. And they sold a lot of content from Jack Chick. They had tracks, Jack Chick comic books, Jack Chick books. I mean, anything dealing, basically coming from his ministry, they had like an entire section there. And so I purchased a lot of it because I was told, you know, Jack Chick, that's, you know, great. That's how you share the gospel. You want to buy as many of these tracks as possible. And uh, this one is called a love story, a love story. Now, there's, you, you would just have to see the Jack Chick track to really understand what they look like. If you go to, is it a chick, uh, www.chickchick.com backslash samples, www.chickchick.com backslash samples, you can see samples and a price list of the Jack Chick tracks. 
Now, in many uh, homes, uh, especially in the 1990s, Independent Fundamental Baptists, if kids came to their house for trick-or-treating, you would put Jack Chick tracks in the in the kids' bags who are, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't, is that appropriate? I mean, the kid's coming to your house for candy and you're like, here's a Jack Chick track. Go home and read it and believe in Jesus. I, I don't know. Now, maybe they would throw in candy with it, but I, I, I don't know. Is that the right place or time? I, 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 you, we could, we could have these discussions, but they end up all over the place. I just, as soon as I saw it, I cannot speak for you. As soon as I saw it, I was like, on top of a urinal? Is that, does that not just feel, ah, I don't know, like inappropriate? Like, here's the gospel and I'm going to lay it on top of a urinal. Like, I mean, I didn't even want to pick it up. I didn't even want to touch it, but I thought I would at least have it here because one, I, and, and I, maybe, maybe you may think that I'm wrong here. I just felt that it was inappropriate to leave it there, that it made it, it to me, it was like a, it was like it made the gospel feel like it just yuck. I was like, I have to remove this. So I moved it. And one, I wanted to talk about it here. So I wanted to have it here in front of me. So if anyone, you know, questioned it, I have the actual proof. Now, after I finished at the urinal, I went over to the sink. And there was a one on the sink. Now, on the sink, it didn't bother me as much, right? Because there's the sink, right? Okay, that feels a little bit better, right? It feels a little bit better on the sink. It just seemed inappropriate on a urinal. Now, I, I did not look anywhere else in the bathroom to see where else they may be. I just felt like on top of a urinal, like, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that that's an inappropriate place to place a gospel track? Now, a love story. Uh, okay. Someone just said, not sure how I feel about that, to be honest. Maybe, um, maybe, uh, by the sink or the door. Yeah, that, see, the sink or the door, I feel a little bit better. But even that, you're placing a gospel track in the bathroom. I don't know. I, I know that, like, I, 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 it just made me feel like if anyone sees that, like, I, I hate to say this. Look, I'm just being honest with you. Right? I'm just being honest with you. I, I it just made it feel. I felt embarrassed. Like I, I, I hate to say it. I, I know some some of you are going to get very upset with me, but I just felt embarrassed. Like it just made me feel like, ooh, Christianity is coming across like, you know, classless, tasteless. Like it's just like. This is not, there's no tact here. There's no, I, there's got to be a more appropriate way than placing it on top of a urinal or, or even inside a bathroom. Now, again, on the sink, I left the one on the sink. I left the one on the sink because, but I, I just, I just made me, as soon as I, I mean, as soon as I started walking up to the urinal, I was like, you got to be kidding. You, I knew what it was because I mean, I know the Jack Chick tracks. I think I've read every single one ever published. I, I've, I've used these. I used I, I used to put them in different places, but I never placed it in a bathroom. Now, to be fair, though, in my early Christian life, I did do something highly inappropriate and highly illegal. Okay, highly. And now I think we did leave it. Oh, I, I don't know exactly what we did. Okay, so here's what happened. When I used to drive to Cisco Junior College, I would drive right past the Taylor County Coliseum in Abilene, Texas. 
And back in the late 80s uh, and, and, and that time, uh, the Taylor County Coliseum, uh, uh, someone just left an R. Okay. Um, I don't know what that <laughs> means in chat. Okay. But all right. So Taylor County Coliseum. Now, all, all kinds of concerts used to come there at that time. Now, as, as time moved forward, bands would kind of skip over Abilene because Abilene's only a city of about 110, 120,000 people. So bands, as time moved on, would just skip over Abilene. They would go Dallas. Maybe they would go Lubbock or, you know, San Antonio. They just would skip Abilene. But at that time, most of the bands had no problem coming to Abilene. It was almost always a sellout. And I saw, I mean, I could go from band after band after band after band I saw there at Taylor County Coliseum in Abilene, Texas. So, uh, but I'm a Christian now and I drive every day past the Taylor County Coliseum up on, I'm on the highway. The Coliseum is, you know, down off the highway. And, uh, and I, on the way there and the way back, I would look over and see the sign and it was saying, poison, Coming now, Poison was a kind of a glam rock hair metal band of that at that time. I don't know if you want to call them metal, uh, a, a hair rock band. I definitely wouldn't call them metal. Glam rock, I think, would be better. Okay, so Poison was coming to town, and I'm like, okay. Now, my first thought wasn't, "Ooh, the ungodly music, Satan is taking over the country." My thing was, at that time. Tickets were always general admission for these huge, huge concerts, meaning you bought your ticket, you, you you got a seat based on when you got there. So that means you would always get to the Coliseum. I mean, for me growing up, my mom, my mom had a rule. Concert day was you did not go to school on concert day. OK, so she would always allow us to skip school. And then she would take us and drop us off in front of the Taylor County Coliseum, like at noon. You know, the doors don't even open till six or seven. She would just drop us off and we're there. We were young, probably. <laughs> that's the way it was. I mean, I was really little and just get dropped off and I would hang out in front. Right, I would go right up to the doors, sit down and just sit there all day waiting for the doors to open. So I knew that that place or, you know, early in the afternoon, there's going to be thousands of people just lined up. There's no place for them to go. There's nowhere for them to go. They can't get out of line. So I'm like, let's buy a couple of thousand tracks and let's go. I'll take my Bible. I'll just have a bag of tracks with me and I'll just go and hand out the tracks. I'll just try to, you know, hand out the gospel track, not try to, and I wasn't there to intimidate or bother or to argue, just try to be not, just, just be nice and talk to people. If, if an, a conversation arose, did not try to force anything. If they said no, say no problem, man, enjoy the show, enjoy the concert. We're not here protesting music. Not any, not, we're not here to debate music. We're here to try to present the gospel. So we went. It was a very uh, successful, I think, for for the most part. Most people were really cool. We only had a few people who tried to throw out some kind of smart aleck comment, you know, whatever. Um, but you know, you know, oh, I'm a Satan. You know, they would try to into I'm a Satanist. I believe in killing children at midnight. You know, trying to say ridiculous things. Most of them didn't even know what Satanism was. And I would be like, man, come on. I mean, like, you know, whatever. I, I'm not intimidated. I'm not shocked because there's nothing you've done that I probably haven't already done. So, all right, what? Whatever. Okay. So, but it, it went pretty, it went pretty good. For the most part, I think everything went really good. Um, at one point, the local news channel was out there and saw me and wanted to interview me. And I was like, absolutely not. 
under no circumstance, because then that turns this into a, a self-promotion. It makes it about me. There, and they, then they were asking, so are you here protesting? Am I, I'm not here protesting any. Why is it if Christians show up, it has to be a protest or a boycott? No, I, I said, if it was up to me, I'd be inside the Coliseum watching the band. But I thought this was an opportunity to just share the gospel and challenge young people to possibly consider Christianity and consider reading the Bible. There's nothing more to it. There's no conspiracy. There's no protest. There's no boycott. There, it's just, here I am. I'm out here doing so. What was cool is there was a couple of teenagers, four or five, who after everyone went into the building, right? When everyone went into the building, they, they didn't go in. They stood over to the side. And then later they came up and started talking to me and asking questions about Christianity. And, and then I think later I met one or two of them. I, I was asked to speak at some like youth conference, youth thing. And uh, some of the kids came up to me. At, they were there and came up to me and said, hey, you're the one who told us about Christ at the at the concert. And uh, they had made a profession of faith. I thought that was really awesome. It was really cool. So for the most part, I thought it was a, a fairly good idea. So then I decided after everyone went in, I mean, then as the night went, it started getting kind of depressing. Uh, people were coming out. Some people were drunk and people had gotten in fights. You saw kind of the ugly side of it. Like if you're just there watching the music, you don't see all of this and you see people, you know, strung out on drugs and drunk and fighting. And it's just, you saw the negative side of it and kind of watching that was, was depressing. Uh, so then I kind of just thought, well, I've got all of these tracks. I mean, I've got like, I mean, I brought so many. It wasn't even funny. I don't even know the, I said thousands, who knows how many thousands. And I'm like, well, I could put these on like on the windshields of cars. I, I think maybe, I don't know if that will be successful. So I go to this truck and at the back of the truck, I see a cooler. I see a cooler and I open it up. I think maybe there were some beers in it. I know there was some ice. <sighs> I'm just going to tell you what I did. Now, again, I'm a teenager. I'm a teenager. I got zeal. I've got zeal. I've got passion. Now, I, I, I already hated alcohol. Even at, had, My hatred for alcohol had nothing to do with my Christianity. I've told it so many I've watched too much devastation and destruction of alcohol in people's lives. I, I had an alcoholic try to take an axe and chop through the bathroom door because we were pouring his alcohol down the toilet. So I, I, I've seen the horrible, ugly side of alcoholism. So my hatred for alcohol had literally nothing to do with my Christianity, but I'm like, no. So I, we, I poured it all out poured it all out. All the ice. I don't know what I did with the beer. There's a high probability I did something that was completely wrong. And then I filled up the cooler with probably 800 gospel tracks. Yeah. Now, there was a time I would tell that story like, look what I did. I was taking a stand for Jesus. Now I realize how utterly inappropriate illegal, stupid, foolish to do. That was not my property. Nobody else's property. Um, someone's laughing. It's not fu It's funny now looking back at how stupid I was, but I, I really, and I thought I was doing something for Jesus. I really did. But obviously what I did was wrong. So that would be a, a situation where I think that's inappropriate. I think that's the wrong way, the wrong time, the wrong everything. Now I think, well, how I handled 
the lines of kids handing out the tracks. I thought I handled that really well. I didn't argue with anyone. I wasn't standing there like a lot of preachers would do, because you know what a lot of preachers would do? They would stand there while all these kids are waiting to go in and just start yelling and screaming, you're going to burn in hell unless you repent. I hate that. I loathe that way of, of, of doing things. So I just talked to each one individually. I think it went well, conducted myself. I had an opportunity to be on the news, turned it down because that was going to turn it into about me. I think I did really well. But then that one situation, I, I, I acted a fool. I think it was inappropriate. Now, you've probably seen situations where the gospel's being presented in ways that you think was wrong place, wrong time, wrong way. I, look, I'm, I know I'm going to tick off a lot of Christians. I'm not a fan of. Knocking on the door. Someone opens the door. You can tell they're trying to get ready to have supper. They're getting ready to do whatever. And you're like, hey, if you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? Look, I'm trying to take care of my kids and make some, get off my doorstep. And you don't walk away going, oh, I did. I was persecuted for you. You're persecuting. You were being persecuted for bothering people. Now, I hate that. I, 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 I. I uh, look, I'm going to say it. I know a lot of people love doing that. I just feel like it's so inappropriate to me because you know what I hate more than anything is anyone knocking on my door. I don't care if it's Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons. I don't care what they're selling. I don't want to be by. If I want what you're selling, I would go find it. I don't need you knocking on my door. Now, to be fair, if Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons knock on my door now, I, to be fair, I do like that because I'm like, come on in. Let's talk doctrine and theology, right? I love that. Okay. But that, because then it's like I'm doing missionary work and I don't even have to go anywhere. They come to me. But typically when people knock on my door, I get irritated by it. It bothers me. So I can't stand that I'm going to bother someone in their home. And then say, hey, if you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? And it's like, it just seems so, uh. Now, I understand a lot of ministries have great success with that. I'm not good at that. I'm not, I'm not good at that at all in any way, shape, or form. I think I did, I think I've done good there. I, so I've got a, a mixed track record of how I've handled myself in this way. But I just think this is a gospel track, a love story. Who gave your life? The Bible says Jesus. Who gave you life? The Bible says Jesus did. Who created this world for you to live on? The Bible says Jesus did. Who knows everything you've ever said or thought in your heart? The Bible says Jesus does. Who knows how lonely and really scared you are? Who really understands you? The Bible says Jesus does. Who knows all about your sins? The Bible says Jesus does. Who wants you to be in, uh, to be next to him in heaven? The Bible says Jesus. Who wants to keep you from going to hell? Jesus. Who loved you so much that the, that he would leave his throne in heaven just for you? Jesus. Who loved you so much that he would shed his precious blood and wash away your sins and die for you? Jesus. Who loved you so much that he rose from the dead and went back to heaven? Jesus. Who loves you enough that he would build a gorgeous mansion in heaven for you to live in? Jesus. Who wants you... Who wants you to tell him how very sorry you are for your sins and that you'll turn away from them? Jesus. Who wants you to come? Who wants to come into your heart if you ask him to? Jesus. Now, if you've done that, who loves you so much that he wants to share his richest power and glory with you? Jesus. Who loves you so much that he would put angels at your side to protect you? Jesus. 
Who wants you to be with him when he comes back to this earth as King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Jesus. Who loves you so much that he wants you to rule at his side throughout eternity? Jesus. Isn't isn't that a beautiful love story? Who could ever love you like that? Only God Almighty. And that's who Jesus really is. Now, of course, for each one of those, there's a scripture, right? There's a scripture for each one of those. So lots of scripture. We could get into the theology of it, but that's what was on top of the urinal. They want to tell you about the greatest love story of how much God loved you that he sent his only begotten son. The greatest love story placed on top of a urinal. Now, for the person who put it there, I guarantee you their motives were pure and right. They have passion and desire. They don't want to see anyone go to hell. They want to share the gospel. And you know what? I got nothing for but respect for that. Nothing, right? It can be convicting that maybe I don't have the same passion they do. So that is convicting. So I'm not saying anything negative about whoever placed it there. Now, I was hoping, I was hoping they would put their, like, you know, a church name or, or something, but they gave no contact information, right? Um, not that I would contact them, but I would just like to see, you know, who, which ministry is out there trying to get people to do that. It may just be an individual who bought a lot of Jack, uh, Jack Chick tracks, if I can say the name correctly. But whoever it is, I do hope that they will never allow their passion to be, you know, water to put on their fire. I don't want their passion to ever be taken away. You want them to have that passion and have that zeal. You just, I, I just, and again, it's a personal thing. They, they may say, no, the urinal is the, an appropriate place. It does not cheapen the gospel. It does not do anything. It's perfectly okay. Wherever the people are, the gospel, I, I, I can understand the argument. I just know for me, I couldn't put it there. I mean, that's literally putting God's word on a urinal. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Now, I've gone into people's houses. And there's their commode, their toilet. And right on the back part of their toilet sits a Bible. Or right next to the toilet in a basket will sit a Bible. When they go to the bathroom, that's going to take them a long time. I guess they will read the Bible. I could never. See, that feels inappropriate to me. That feels inappropriate to me. Is it, is it, is that, I, I don't know. Is, is, is it, am I being too, I don't know. I don't know. But I do know this. Whatever you think about placing a, a, a track on top of a urinal or having a Bible sitting, you know, next to your toilet or on the back of the toilet, however you may feel about that, I do know this. It's always important for us to ask ourselves, hey, I, I want to share the gospel. I want to share the gospel with people. I think it's always important to at least ask ourselves, is this the best time, the best place, and the best way? Is this an an appropriate time or an inappropriate time? I think it's okay to ask that question. I don't think there's anything wrong with asking that question, right? Because what do we want people to remember? The gospel. We don't want them to remember, man, was... Should they have been doing it that way? Is that is that appropriate? 
Like I've seen some Christian groups show up at pride events and that they're out there screaming, sodomites will burn in hell, you groomers, you pedophiles. And it's like all the people can remember who are at the pride event is those hateful people yelling and screaming at them. There's got to be a better way. Now, not everyone always agrees on all of this. A lot of personal convictions come into play here. But I do know this. I would rather people leave remembering my message, remembering my kindness, my graciousness, my humility, not remembering being yelled and screamed or feeling fearful, feeling hate and anger, or walking away going, Man, you're never going to believe this. I was at the movies. I went and see Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. Went into the bathroom. There was like this gospel thing sitting on top of the urinal. Like, I, I don't want people to remember where the gospel track was. I would want them to remember what's in the gospel track. That there is a great love story. That God so loved you, a sinner, that he sent his only son to die for you and that placing your faith in him, you can have eternal life. I want them to, I would want them to either to be offended by the message or remember the beauty of the message, not it was on top of the urinal. Love to get your thoughts. News, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Now, consider checking out our pod page, theologycentral.net. That's theologycentral.net. And consider checking out the podcasting app. If I can find it right here. Oh, I've moved it. Where is it? The Podorama. The Podorama podcasting app. P O D. U-R-A-M-A, the Potterama podcasting app. If you do download the Potterama podcasting app and you look up Theology Central, for any episode you listen to, you can leave us a five-star rating for that episode and leave some comments. I do have the Potterama app. Now, the people, okay, so the reason I'm mentioning the Potterama app is the people who are behind the app asked us to kind of part partner with them, promote the app, and then they're going to place our podcast in a specific location. They were working out all the details, but they did. I guess everyone there at Potterama had a kind of a, got a kick out of our do you pronounce it Potterama, Potterama? They, they had a kick. They said they were just going to leave it a mystery. <laughs> but we think Potterama is correct because I think when you download the app, I think there's like an intro that says, welcome to the Potterama app. I think, I think there is a, an intro there, an audio intro. But, um, if you do download the app, hey, follow us. All right. Download all of our episodes because you can go to a, th- a thing that says download all. Okay. I'm joking. All right. Uh, that, that would be some huge numbers. All right. But, uh, you can, you can leave a five star rating there for each episode or uh, you well, actually you can give it a one star rating if you hate it or, and you can leave a comment if you would like. And I will be trying to read the comments. I will do my best. I will try. I will try my best because I do use like every known podcasting app under the sun, but I'm really focusing on trying to use Podorama right now. Um, and there is something where you can create a public playlist. Now, I was going to try to start placing a link to the Theology Central playlist, 
Because anytime I'm listening to a podcast episode that I think is interesting, I'm going to add it to our, 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 the Theology Central playlist. So, but right now, if I, if I provide you the link and you have the app, it will just take you to the home tab of the app, not to the actual playlist. So we're, I've already talked to them. They're going to talk to their technical department, see if we can work out a solution. But in the meantime, if you go to theologycentral.net and go to the blog section, there is a blog post for a Theology Central playlist. And there it is embedded. And you can just scroll and look at all of the episodes I've added. Now, some of the episodes I agree with, some of them I don't agree with. Some of them may be Christian. Some of them may be secular. It's just things that I'm listening to, listening to that I think, oh, that's interesting. Maybe people should check it out. So you can check out the Theology Central playlist created using the Podorama play, uh, podcasting app. And uh, you can check out that app, see what you think. It's got some cool features. It's got a lot of features. You've got to spend a lot of time looking at all the different features and see what it can or cannot do. You can create an alert that whenever a podcast episode, I guess, drops with that in the title, you get some kind of notification. So far, I've created two alerts and I haven't gotten one. I think I'm going to test it. I think I'm going to create an alert for a podcast episode that I do and then see if I get an alert a notification when it drops. So we may have to do a test. If you use the the uh, create an alert on the Podorama uh, podcasting app, let me know how it works for you. And if you come up with any other cool features, type out the feature and how to use it. I mean, then we'll talk about it. All right. But the Podorama podcasting app, please check it out. It's cool that they contacted us and asked us to kind of partner with them a little bit to promote their app. I think that's cool. That's a good, that's a, that's, you know, I mean, they probably do that with every podcast, but it's kind of cool that we got asked. I mean, because we're nobodies. We're nobodies. So not that we'll have much of an impact on it. But hey, if you do download the app and if there's a way to contact them, let them know. And if you doubt wherever you download the app, the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store or the Windows Store for Windows or the Mac uh, App Store for Mac, just leave a little review of the of the app, what you like about it, don't like about it. And just tell them you heard about it, heard about the app on the Theology Central podcast. Because when you do that, it lets people know, wow, people are listening to that podcast and the people are responding. Then that they may look for other ways to work with us. So that benefits me. That benefits us. All right? And that doesn't cost you any. That's not me saying, give me some money. All right? That's a way to help me. All right? I always appreciate that. All right. There you go. Love to get your feedback on this I don't know. I don't call it a controversial topic, but hey, well, I love to share with what's going on with me. And that's what, that's what I left. That's one of the things I left the movie with was, huh, was that the place to put the gospel track? At the same time, I'm very aware that I've made my own mistakes doing that. Love to get your thoughts. News. If at yahoo.com. That's news, if at yahoo.com. Or feel free to leave comments on our YouTube channel or the Podorama podcasting app. See how I did that? There you go. Some of you leave comments every once in a while on Podbean. I never see them. I try, but I, I don't keep up with what's going on on Podbean. I, I, I do apologize for that. And there's some other podcasting apps that I'll check after like six months and I'll be like, whoa, where did these comments come from? So I got to get better at checking on all of them. I really do. I do my best. But any place you can leave a 
comment or thumbs up or a five-star review. It's always helpful to us. Thank you very much. And if you do visit the Theology Central pod page, you can leave a review of the podcast there as well. All right. Thank you. That's all the housekeeping are out of the way. We're done. Everyone have a great day. We'll be doing some more broadcasting at some point. So make sure you're listening.